This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger. Jeff, I am so happy that you are on this episode. Oh, no. Because you're, you're going to learn a lot. This is going to be a life-changing episode it, for a lot of people, but especially you, Jeff. Why you got to pick on me? I'm not picking on you. I just think this is the time for... This is Stafford's time to shine here uh, oh. be, because our guest knows a little something about running. We're going to talk a little bit about meditation, talk a little bit about mental health. She's the author of the book, Depression Hates a Moving Target, How Running with My Dog Brought Me Back from the Brink. Nita Sweeney is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Nita. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. That was quite an intro. Thank you. I'm, I'm very curious about uh, this intro here. So, Well, this is going to be go. fun because you and Jeff have something in common, running in your 60s. You know, right. Jeff, he's, he's putting me on the spot here. I don't he know what is. To, I didn't prep. I, yeah. I didn't I, prep I, Jeff at all. What did I do to you? Absolutely. <laughs> like, no, I didn't prep Jeff at all because I wanted Jeff to come into this interview uh, just with open ears. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you're training for Vol State. Right. You know, you could you could learn something here because there are dogs along the Vol State course oh, you could definitely. run next to. Definitely. And you're going to need probably a little a little mental meditation yeah. to get you through those rough miles. So why not have Nita on? Nita, before we get into changing Jeff's life, though, you really do have quite an incredible story of what brought you into the world of running and not only ultra running. Let's go back to the start right before what led you to this world of running and ultra running. Well, I saw the post of a, a um, social media post of a high school friend. Yeah. And she said, call me crazy, but this running is getting to be fun. And I thought that was the most insane thing <laughs> I'd ever heard. And I'd heard a lot of insane things. I thought we might need to do a wellness check. Um, but I watched because I was in a place with my in my life when I was not having fun. Yeah, I'd gone through whole. I won't go through the whole. You can read the book, but lots of loss, mm -hmm. lots of uh, mental health challenges, lots of failure in various things I had tried to do, and so I watched her, and then. Eventually, I got brave enough to look up the training plan she was doing. It was an interval plan called Couch to 5K. Yeah. And it said 60 seconds of jogging. <laughs> now, it said a lot more than that, but <laughs> that's what stuck in my head. Yeah. And I didn't go out that same day, um, but I live in central Ohio, mm -hmm. United States, yeah. where it can be really cold in the winter. And 
um, kind of brutalish cold. Yeah. And uh, when spring came, started to turn, and the crocuses, those little purple buds, came up through the snow, and something inside me clicked. My friend was still, you know, doing her thing, and I thought, this can't hurt. I suppose. I mean, it might be painful physically. Right. Um, but I was at a place where I wasn't really sure I wanted to live. I mean, I was suicidal. I was not really, yeah, I was really at a place and I'd been there before and kind of come back and then had gotten there again. And I'd been there in my Mm thirties and now I was in my late forties, early fifties. Yeah. And, um, um, so one day when my husband wasn't home and pretty was pretty sure most of the neighbors weren't home, but just in case, I leashed up the yellow Labrador, Morgan, yeah. Mr. Dog, and we walked down to this ravine in my neighborhood where the lots are really long and nobody can really see you because I didn't want anybody to laugh at me at my size, at my age, at my weight, um, trying that- to run. But let's, let's just pause there for a moment. I think, I think Nita, you speak to something that a lot of people uh, have this barrier in front of them before they start running. They're, they're thinking, I, I'm too old to do this. Right. I, yeah. I'm too out of shape to do this. My body type is not that of a runner. Um, I, I'm going to be able to do this for 30 seconds and have to stop, and I don't want people making fun of me. You, you create this barrier of all of these you, judgments others will make. You immediately compare yourself to a professional runner. Right. You know, it's like, Absolutely. I'm not that person. I can't do this. But so many people do that, Nita. <clears throat> and, and, and so many folks don't take the step. They let the fear keep them from pushing themselves. And, and, uh, and let's be honest here. That is all a mental construct that is not based in reality. Nobody cares. And, and, and I think if anybody saw you, and saw you huffing and working hard, most decent human beings would be inspired by it and encouraging of it. But it takes an incredible amount of bravery to break through that barrier that we create for for yourself. So what what an amazing accomplishment just getting out the door with all of that going on in your noodle. Yeah, because I didn't know at the time that anybody else thought that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, you gotta remember, I have this layer of chronic depression on top of all of this, but I, until I actually got involved in the running community, I didn't realize that that's kind of where most people start. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless right. you ran track in high school. Yeah. You know, a lot of people ran, keep running or you're in the military and you have to run that kind of stuff, but even then. And uh, now I run with people who that's just, the way they started and um um so yeah it didn't i mean i didn't feel brave then it felt more i mean i'll just be honest it felt like a last ditch effort yeah i mean i just was i had to try something Mm because it was going it was my brain was just the well the opening line of the book is my mind was trying to kill me again and that's exactly where i was that day so yeah and eventually once i became involved in the running community i realized that not only would people um, possibly cheer me, but that everybody felt that way. Right. <laughs> or right. A lot of them did. So, yeah, it was a great relief. But it took a while from the ravine, you know, it took a while for me to get from there into the running community because there was just so much fear and so much anxiety and so much um, misconception, mm-hmm. really, about what. A runner was and that's actually a theme in the book is what is a real runner am right. i a real runner now am i a real runner now yeah. what about now 
Right. And I think so many people ask that question. They go, am, am I? Am I, I there yet? And I hear this all the yeah, time. Right. I hear, exactly. and, and, and what drives me nuts about, and kind of, I, I try to stay off the trail and ultra running, the tower, the Twar Facebook group, because it can get real dicky on there. But people always ask, am I an ultra runner if I did this? You know, if you ran over 26.2 miles, you're an ultra runner. And it, it and if it, if, if oh no no right, no you got to run no, that, you got to do no, fifty miler and and it's 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 a it's a label you put on yourself and if you are someone who laces up the shoes and goes out and and runs whatever distance that may be if it's a hundred meters if it's if it's a five k you are a runner that's the barrier of entry is lacing shoes and going and running with, that is the movement but so many people at, are, are where you were at that point of like do i even belong to this tribe and gratefully i found an online community mm -hmm. which i was very familiar with computers and the internet and all that kind of stuff even though i was older and i found this uh, what was it called i think it was a cool running um, wasn't Twar, I'll tell you, know, you that. John Bingham, the yeah. penguin. Okay. You heard of John Bingham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was something about, you know, calling all penguins mm -hmm. or something like that. It was this user group kind of thing, bulletin board, whatever. Yeah. And so I could hop on there and just lurk. Yeah. And watch them talk about coming in last, um, being the largest person there, being in their 50, all that stuff that I was afraid of. And I thought, oh, wow, I don't think they're making this. Up. I mean, I can't see their pictures. It was all avatars. <laughs> right, right. But I'm thinking they're probably not making this up. So what are yeah, the odds? that was helpful. What are the odds that there's a group of people just making this up? Like there's a massive well, group that, of people. Yeah, not that many people, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. So you go to the canal, you're running with your dog. Was your dog for you that running companion or that, that, that safety net almost of I've got him with me? I can, I, I'm okay if I've got him by my side or my dog by my side. Well, he was a decoy also mm -hmm. because I thought that if the neighbors did see me, yeah. which of course, number one, they're probably not looking out their windows anyway. <laughs> and this is a bedroom community. Most of them are at work. I, I sit there and look out my window <laughs> all day. For you look running. out your window oh, all day because you're old. For, <laughs> I watch for those people. For some, <laughs> some larger... Look, here comes another uh, one. <laughs> Middle-aged woman who right. is, probably has... I mean, I don't remember. I think I had pink sweatpants on. You know, I didn't have any... I didn't have any athletic wear. So... Uh, <laughs> Velcro, tennis shoes, the whole deal. Pink, but, you had uh, me a pink sweatpants, yeah. Nita. I want a pair of pink sweatpants right. now. What else do you need I'm to not run sure it? If I adventure would. jogger. <laughs> Some adventure jogger pink sweatpants, and yeah. we can get those, get those made at the store. Put so, those in the merch, right? Yeah, right. The store, right? Right. Ex ex exactly. Exactly. So your dog's the decoy, right? You're 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 thinking that. Well, they're going to think I'm out taking my dog for a walk if they make assumptions. Right. Exactly, and that's what I thought. But he was companionship. You know, he. Uh, um, most people talk to their dogs. I talk to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> and it sort of felt like he talked back to me. So it was kind of part coach, maybe even. Yeah. Um, there was uh, definitely a relationship there. And that that made it a little easier because I was used to walking him. I had I used to walk him a lot. Yeah. And then I went through this really dark period and I wasn't hardly walking him at all. And so he was so excited to go out again. And uh, yeah, and then we started this crazy training plan and 
And then I couldn't do it. There was I did three or four weeks, and right. then the plan jumped in intensity. Yeah. And I totally freaked out because I thought, oh well, that's it. You know, right. I'm really not a jogger, runner, or anything. Nita, that's how you knew you were really a runner at that point because every runner has got, has taken a plan and looked at a week and gone, fuck this. <laughs> don't don't look ahead on those plans. Just don't. Do no, it. I know. I, right. That's when you officially became a runner. When you looked at that plan and said, "I'm out." That's, that's when. It. At yeah. that moment, I ain't well, running then, no fifty but, miles. But by then, by then, I had enough of the Kool Aid. You know, the happy brain uh-huh. chemicals. That the idea of being out was more terrifying than not being able to do the plan. And that's when I, you know, started consulting all these other people in my life, like my therapist and my psychiatrist, yeah. my husband, of course. I hadn't told him uh, for a while. I didn't tell him I was jogging. He's and, thinking, uh, why is she always so- sneaking out of the house in pink sweatpants? <laughs> With that dog. Right. There's there's some guy that she met on the internet that's like, just wear sweet pink sweatpants and meet me at the canal. He had no idea right. you were out running. <laughs> He was at work. <laughs> <laughs> He's got those pink sweatpants on again. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Every day like clockwork, I'm pink telling you. Pink sweatpants. I don't know what's going on. Um, so you break through that barrier. You start doing that training. You, you finish your first 5K at some point, right? Yeah, reluctantly, completely reluctantly. Mm-hmm. So part of the thing that happened, the grief I mentioned about was a couple years before, seven people and a cat that I loved died all in an 11 month period. Wow. And one of those was my 24 year old niece, my oh sister's my only child yeah. she died of cancer. And then her cat who we all adored. Yeah. And then my father-in-law and my mother and four other people. So the last person was my mother. Yeah. So that year was just, you know, awful. And then the years, a couple years after that were even as awful, if not worse. Right. And, um, because then you have to deal with, you know, you have like lots to do after all these people die and then there's nothing. You're right. just there with the grief. So, um, I made the mistake of telling my sister that I had started running and she was involved in a charity group to raise money for research for the type of cancer that my niece had succumbed to. Mm-hmm. And so she emails me, Hey, there's this 5k. And I went, Hey, hey, I'm a private runner. I just <laughs> run down the ravine. No, 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 no. And uh, so it took me a little while to get over myself, but eventually I did. And that was really the breakthrough. When I showed up terrified, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd gone online and asked the penguin people, what, you know, yeah. where should I stand and what should I do? And they all said, the bib goes on the front. The bib goes on the front. You know, don't wear the race shirt. Don't wear the race And they gave me all this stuff. Um, you know, don't look like an amateur. And uh, they were so funny, but they were great. And so I kind of knew a little bit about it. Yeah. And they told me, you know, line up and back to stay toward the back because you're a slower runner. And, um, but I got there and oh my gosh. People of all sizes, all ages, uh, with strollers, without, with dogs, with, mm-hmm. I mean, knee braces and pink sweatpants. And <laughs> I mean, it just was, it just blew my mind because I expected to show up and it would be like the Boston Marathon. Right, right. All these I skinny 20 year olds. I knew that there had was a Columbus, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Mm. I knew that there was a Columbus Marathon and I had heard about it, but I'd never even really seen any pictures other than the map, which told everybody where not to drive on race day. Yes. That was kind of my frame of These roads are 
closed. Don't go downtown. <laughs> don't go to, you know. Um, I had no other frame of reference for it. And um, so that going to that first charity 5K, which, of course, there's, you know, there's sort of 5Ks and there's 5Ks. Right. But this was a charity um, 5K where it was all about raising money, all about people having fun. And there were prizes. So there were people there that were very fast mm-hmm. and were very serious. But there were also, you know, grandmas with six kids and a, a dog in the stroller. I mean, yeah. it was the whole thing. So um, um, that really opened up my mind as to what the community was. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel safe and welcome and um, even more so. I mean, the online community was one thing. Right. But when you're actually there with the people, that that really changed things a well, lot. Take us back to that moment because up until this point, you're a canal runner. You know, you're running, <laughs> running with your dog, you know, and now you're in, in, a, ravine, right? in a ravine, you're under that ravine you by yourself, by other people. Right. Exactly. So now you're in this, you're, you're in this, this group of very like-minded people and people that look like you run your, your, your pace, you know, from all different backgrounds. What was it like crossing that finish line the first time? Well, it was, yeah, it was amazing because I, uh, went a lot faster than I thought I could, which happens in races. I didn't know that you adrenaline, the, the, the <laughs> exactly the adrenaline and the. I mean, the finish line pulls you. Once you see that finish line, it's like it pulls you. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I was with there was a kind of a team. My sister and some friends, my um, other niece who um, um, came, and her mother and yeah. um, her in laws, and you know there was and like her. Uh, I think her. This Jetta, uh, was our son there? I forget. I can't remember yeah. how old he was. But anyway, you know, so it was like a family group. They all did the one mile. So they were there waiting for me, which was cool. And it was just amazing. I mean, it just was, I just felt like an athlete for the first time, probably in my entire life, really. Because I was the band kid. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like the band geek and uh, the good kind of grade A, good student. Right, yeah. Um, and then I also, you know, was also... Um, I was, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a little bit um, not schizophrenic because that's a real thing, but Good. sort of a two personality. Because in high school, while I did really well in school, I also got into a lot of trouble too. So oh, I, I you're a, a troublemaker. Of, but, but it was I was not you know I was not in in any of the athletic stuff. I was very much that. That was the thing about seeing this high school friend mm-hmm. when I saw that post. I thought, what the heck? I mean, she was I think she was in choir. You know, I was in right. band. It was we were not in any team sports or any track or uh, cross country. I mean, nothing like that. We just weren't athletic types at all. We rode horses, but and which is an athletic thing, but not you know not like that. So, um, uh, so it was uh, it was really eye opening and and yeah, I uh, crossed that finish line and I just I just felt uh, I don't know like an athlete. I don't know how else to say it. So, at some point. You discover, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, Nina does not just run one race and go like, okay, I'm writing a book. I, I, I finished my 5K. I'm writing a book. Here comes my book. No, you discover the world of ultra running. That was actually after the book came out, but yeah. that's okay. So the book yeah. comes, the book comes, you, you're doing some running, you do some 5Ks, you do some 10Ks, some half marathons and what have you. Your, your, your first book comes out. Um, you kind of chronically in that journey, but you do at some point, how do you discover the world of ultra running? When you hang around in a barbershop long enough, you get a haircut. So when you hang around with people who run audacious distances and make it 
not like it's not a big deal, but they act like it's possible that there might even be some fun. Eventually you think, hmm. And the old gears well, start turning in the head. Well, maybe, maybe. And they, the particular race, which I'm, I'm going to talk about this race because it's, it's, it's very accessible. Yeah. And yeah. it's a, you know, it's Eagle Up. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not saying this to discount my achievement. Right. Because I was, let's say I just did it. I was, I was 59. Right. The first time I did a 50K. Yeah. yeah. And that's my ultra experience. I've done two 50Ks. Yeah. But it's a five mile loop. It is flat. It is at, I don't know if I've heard Harvey Lewis talking about Cincinnati being at 400 feet. It's Canal Fulton. So it might be 500 feet (laughs) elevation. Um, The trail runs through the campground. So you see all your stuff every five miles. You know where the bathrooms are. You know where the aid station is. And for somebody who's anxious like me, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a lot of anxiety. And I just thought... All right, if I'm going to do this, this is the race to do that at. Right. This is the one to do. Because, um, I, I mean, I love running on indoor tracks. Just go around, around, around. Mm-hmm. I run in my house. Sometimes if the weather, <laughs> yeah, I, I run like figure eights around my house. Um, we call it house jogging. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I kind of, I always joke about it, have, having an infinite capacity for boredom. And I'm thinking <laughs> six, five-mile loops and then a little out and back. That's, you know, that's probably my limit for boredom. And, um, and it it was. But again, I had this group of friends. They'd been doing it, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. And I uh, kept talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And finally, after, especially after the book came out, I thought, if I'm going to do something really big, this is this is just a good time because I'm on right. that high. Right, yeah. And, um, so I signed up to do it in 2020. And of course, it was canceled. So, COVID. 2021 yeah. rolls around. Yeah, COVID, right. Virus. Uh, 2021 rolls around. And it's the race is the first week, uh, it's the first Saturday in June every year yeah. in Canal Fulton, Ohio. And um, I don't know, maybe the second week in April, I start getting, I mean, I've been getting the race emails, but I realized that the emails I was getting were race instructions yeah and we had gotten the refund on our airbnb or whatever and you know because we don't we're old we don't camp yeah um okay let's just say our camping days are my, my husband's older than i am too so yeah. um hey don't, don't realized, apologize for not camping we glamp yeah. if, if there's yeah a, yeah if well i would say right right yeah. i would glamp if i but we actually went to an airbnb yeah. it was like seven minutes from yeah. the place and it was fine yeah um and I realized about, I don't know, two months, six weeks before the race, that I was signed up. <laughs> oh. Oops. I, I had trained to half marathon distance. I hadn't even I hadn't even been training for a full. Wow. So um, so I work with a coach named Danny Cray, Diz Runs. Yeah. And um I said, Danny, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, at first I said I was going to transfer my transfer my um, uh, bib, you know, transfer somebody else because they yeah. have a very generous transfer policy. But then I made the mistake of telling Ed, oh, I guess I'm signed up for this race. And we had not been anywhere. 
I mean, anywhere since the beginning of time. So, so it was like a year and a half or year and nine months, something like that. Yeah. And he said, no, no, let's go. You know, woo, woo, Canal Fulton, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> this tiny area. So, uh, so yeah. So I just did a bunch of back-to-backs. I said, you have a 24-hour time limit. Five hours to do, and they have a 50K, 50-mile, 50 100K, 100-mile, or a 24-hour, you know. Yeah whatever you can do. And so I had basically 24 hours to do 31 and change. And uh, so I just did a bunch of back to back. So I did, you know, eight and 10 and then uh, eight and 12 and then 10 and 12. And then just up to, I think I did 10 and 18 was the longest I did. Yeah. Just kept every week and doing those. And um, yeah, I finished that first one. And then this year I did a lot. I did even better because I really trained for it. (laughs) (laughs) How did it feel? That's got to be pretty amazing. For, for oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, for for, the, for the pink sweatpants ravine jogger right to be finishing a fifty k at fifty nine yeah. years old that's that's got to feel amazing. Yeah, it was it was kind of surreal. I mean, for me, most it, this happens after most finish line. There's this hurrah when you cross the finish line, and then there's sort of a moment of. Oh, wait, it's over? Yeah. It's over? Yeah. And at, at Eagle Up, the first year, I hadn't um, calculated my time. I can't, I'm not great at telling Ed when I'm going to finish or anything like that. Right. And our our camping area um, was far enough away yeah. from the start-finish that there there was nobody I knew that was there when I finished, which, mm-hmm. you know, that happens. Right, I mean, yeah. I mean, Eric Whittington was there, so right. that's pretty good. Right, But um, um but so I, I did my six loops and then there's this little out and back. You go out half a mile and turn around, come back to do the finish. And I cross the finish line and, you know, there's sort of nobody there. And I stopped my watch and I'm standing there and I kind of looked for a bench and sat down and somebody <laughs> came over and then and then somebody realized I had finished. And they're like, oh, Eric, come on, we got to finish today. And they bring Eric over. And I, I just looked at it. I was like, am I really, am I done? And he's like, yes, you are done. That's it. Was it. very surreal moment of oh my god i just i just finished a 50k i it just was it really blew my mind it was a very similar feeling to would have been almost 10 years before when i did my first full and was 2012 that same feeling where we in that race um we're in in, um, columbus and kind of the i forget what it's called but anyway uh, uh the way the race course was then is you're on this one street for you don't know maybe a mile and then you turn a corner yeah and so you're on the street you can't see anything you see the 26 flag at the street but by then you can't think so right. you're like okay 26 so i have 107 miles to go all right yeah your brain is just <laughs> gel right. and, math, um, yeah. and i turn the and then you turn the corner and you can see the finish with the balloons and the state, you know, the whole, because Columbus is a pretty big race. Yeah. And um, and that was that same feeling of, oh, my God, I'm going to finish. Oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. They're not going to make me run forever. <laughs> and that was very much like with Eagle Up. It was just this feeling of, I, oh, my God, I did this. And then I had this year, it was a little different experience because in May, as part of my training, um, my husband wanted to go um, – I really will get to the point here. He wanted to go to the last of the two presidential libraries that he hadn't been to. So he'd been to 11 of the 13. And the last two that he hadn't been to were Truman and Eisenhower. Um, So Missouri and Kansas or Kansas, Missouri. Yeah. Kansas, Missouri. And, um, And so I like to run a half 
in any of the states where we're doing that because I'm trying to work get a half in each of the fifty yeah. states because you can I can still walk after half doing half. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a half fanatic. Yeah, forty-seven eighty-nine half fanatic. Forty-seven. Um, but uh, um, the way it's the way the schedule worked, the races. Those two states were on the weekend, and then the libraries didn't open till Wednesday. And so I did ended up doing this series where you can do multiple states and multiple days. And so I did um, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa in so four halves and four states in four days. And um, it's called mainly marathons is the series, yeah, but yeah. anyway, yeah. So um, um, so I had done that, and I, my first thought after I crossed the finish line is oh my gosh, I can just like go to bed and, you know, go back to the hotel and rest and I don't have to do this again tomorrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do anything. <laughs> so just go home. <laughs> an amazing journey from that first run to running a, running a 50K. You, you talked earlier in the episode about, and, and you hinted to you're someone that has had to deal with mental health issues for your entire life uh, you just bouts of depression what did running do to help with that or did you find help in running like what how did running help you deal with your mental health issues it it's been um possibly the best tool i have found yet i still go to therapy mm-hmm. i still take medications but at one point i was on six meds yeah. And gradually over time, as I ran longer distances, I started having the symptoms that you have from being on too much medication. And it took my psychiatrist and I a little while to figure out that that's what it was. Um, my primary care physician is a runner. He's actually the um, medical director for the Columbus Marathon. Yeah. He also is a, you know, for um, one of the colleges here, he's like the medical person for yeah. their, their um track and cross country teams and he said at first and i kind of thought what is the, the meta I just you know because i'd had i'd been on him for so many years yeah. and so gradually we reduced the dose and i had kind of this weird um spell where they had to take me they took me off all of them for a little mm-hmm. while and then put me very gradually back on a tiny dose because it was um i mean that's what it was it was just very gradually over time it was as if i was on too much med and it just it was so um, my psychiatrist has been, you know, practicing a long time and she had never had anybody who had taken on this intensive of a program. I mean, it took me, you know, I ramped up over time, right. but, um, but she said it, it's because you're running long distances and you're getting the, I call them the happy brain chemicals, but yeah, you know, it could be dopamine or whatever, serotonin, whatever it is that I needed that I wasn't getting. So it has been amazing for me. I mean, it has been amazing because I had gone, um, as I said, before I started running, I wasn't really sure I wanted to hang around. Right. And um, that was for a lot of different reasons. And gradually, over time, my friends noticed first, and my husband too. But I had this one friend, she asked me if I'd gotten a haircut. You know, so it's like, something's different. And she couldn't quite tell what it was. And um, uh, my therapist sort of said, well... I don't know what's going on, but your frame of mind is improving. And it just it just made a huge difference for me. And I'm, I'm always really careful to say that it's not a cure, 
And it's not going to work for everybody. But man, for me, it was like the missing piece because I had the meditation. I had gotten off all the, you know, not very good for you substances that I was using over the years, probably to, to medicate depression. Yeah. Um, I had, um, I mean, I have a husband who's amazing. He stayed with me. You know, I've been in the psych ward. I've done all kinds of things and he's been with me and, um, family. I mean, I had all the things that you would think look good. I'd done, I'd been successful and, um, was able to do a lot of things that, you know, I, I, people, other, other people would like to do. Um, I couldn't get a book published though. That was one thing I couldn't do. Um, I tried. And, um, so that didn't come till after I, after I got the stamina that I think that's was mm. a big part of it was that have the uh, endurance to do the things you have to do right to pitch a book to, to write a book first mm. to endure the editing process and then to pitch it to a publisher so um all of that but yeah it's just been amazing it's been it was like the missing piece i love that you bring that up because one thing that drives me crazy i've talked about this in episodes before um one thing that drives me crazy is when people post the meme online about oh you're depressed get a pair of running shoes and go run yeah, and, and that is a piece of the puzzle, but but it's it's one piece. And I think that we discount the seriousness of mental illness if we just say a pair of running shoes and going out and doing a mile is going to cure all of your problems. I think yeah, that's it, it, that's 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 bullshit. If you post it, I will unfriend you. No, I'm not going to go that far. It's, it's but, dangerous. It is. It's, it's very dangerous. It's very because, dangerous. It's, because people might get might not get help that they need to get. Exactly. It's, it's a piece thing. of the puzzle, but it may not be your piece that's missing. Right. Exactly. Right. You talked about meditation. Expand on that. And Jeff, pay attention. There's going to be a quiz right. afterwards. Yeah. I want you to pay attention to what Nita's saying about <laughs> meditation. When did, when did you get into meditation? Did you say medication or meditation? <laughs> I've been on both. You've been on okay. both. <laughs> well, let's talk about med- <laughs> meditation for a second. It, it's, it's something I, I, I include in, in my daily practice, but he ain't going to listen to me about this. Nita, talk to you about talk to us about your meditation practice and how it plays into your running. So I started meditating in 1992 because there was this guy and he meditated. Who's the guy? There was a guy, yeah. And he meditated and he turned, he said, he said, you want to sit? And I said, you want to what? Wait, wait, wait. Uh? Stop. Pause one second, Edith. When you say there was a guy, do you mean there was a guy that you were interested in romantically? I was dating. You were dating a guy. And and the and the guy says to you, and now I'm picturing him Do wearing like a tie dye shirt, and he's no, got some. He was in a suit. He's in a suit with wingtip shoes. Wingtip yeah, shoes. CBA. And he's like, "Hey, baby, do you want to sit?" That's pretty much where I went. I'm not sure how I would take that, <laughs> Jeff. Well, that's what I said. I, I said I was like, "What? Did, what are we do I want about a, here? Don't want to what? Like, right? You know, maybe our fourth or fifth date?" Yes, this may be the missing piece of your dating puzzle, Jeff. Have you? When's the last time you asked a woman to sit? <laughs> I don't know that I have. This could go so many directions. Oh, it sure could. could All right, so. Is that sit with an or? H or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, not shit, sit. Okay, so, all right. So, right. No, that's a whole, that is an ultra thing. That is, have. that is. Um, so, so this um, guy, this, this dreamy guy with the wingtips is like, do you want to sit? And then that kind of, 
you take it from there as, as our jokes have stopped we've run out of jokes yeah, no no it's yeah, a great yeah. it's i mean it's a great it was a great experience. and um and so he explained he said i'll set the microwave timer for five minutes and he had been meditating for i don't know four or five years by then mm-hmm. he'd been to zen monastery spent some time actually at a zen monastery and done these long retreats which i couldn't even fathom yeah and um he said i'll set the timer Try to focus on your breath and try not to fidget. So I would say that was my initial meditation instruction was try not to fidget, which was impossible. Because <laughs> five minutes is an eternity. <laughs> right, like, right. When you have never, and when you're kind of a bouncy brain like I am anyway. Um, but I really like the guy. So I figured, what the heck? What the heck? <laughs> the things we do for love, Nita. <laughs> I know, I know. What a great <laughs> bar pickup line. Do you want to sit? <laughs> I know it was the best pickup line. I mean, we were already had been dating, yeah. had, you know, but it wasn't very. It only been a few months. It hadn't wasn't very long. So, um, so he went to some groups, and I just followed him around, kind of like a puppy. And these people were great. They were really friendly, and they were interesting. And um, and even though I found it difficult mm-hmm. sometimes because my mind just went crazy. I also found it helpful because I felt calmer after we had sat and um, um, and they talked about things like consciousness and what is reality. I mean, it was, you know, I wasn't, I, I'm this girl from a farm in the Midwest. I, we don't talk about consciousness. We talk about cows, you know? So, so it was very interesting. Um, he was from, he's from LA originally and he went to Berkeley and. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he that's his Berkeley written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't where he that wasn't where he learned it though. He didn't learn it until he got in New Jersey. Interesting. When he was going through a divorce, yeah. he um just was looking for some kind of um peace, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so there was this monastery not too far from where he lived and so he went there. He actually took Tai Chi classes first. And um and then you know they said we're having this retreat, and so that's how he did. Yeah. So, so yeah, he the the guy. By the way, we've been married twenty nine years now. So, oh, that was your husband. <laughs> the wingtips guy was your husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. well, obviously the line "Do you want to sit?" worked. <laughs> it's how many years later? I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I, I know that the, the people's practice varies, and and I I try desperately to do twenty minutes twice a day, but it rarely happens and i'll do 20 minutes here or 10 minutes here or whatever what does your day-to-day meditation practice look like well on good days i do sit for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. but the practice that i'm always doing is meditation in motion Mm -hmm. and that is because it didn't take very long into when i start especially when i started running longer distances to realize that I could meditate while I was running. I just had to pick an object of meditation because that's what you do in when you do in medit- in meditation is you pick an object. Often it's the breath, right? Because everybody breathes, right? So there's no. Uh, it's a common denominator, but it can be like I just did a little video. I post these one two minute videos on Instagram that explain what my object of meditation. Yeah. I take the dog. I take the dog down in the ravine and. We sit there for you know a couple minutes yeah. and tell people what we meditate on. And the one I did was the color green. And so during my run, I just noticed all the shades of the color green. And my mind would wander and I would remember, oh yeah, we're meditating. I would gently bring my mind back very gently. That's the key. 
back to the color green, just noticing green, 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 green. And so that's my practice. And it's about, because it's this combination of focus, green, Mm -hmm. um, calmness. So not judging myself, they call it equanimity, but not judging myself when my mind wanders because that's, minds are supposed to generate thoughts. That's their job. Yeah. So when people say I can't meditate because my mind is thinking, I'm thinking, well, it's, you're not dead, and that's why your mind is thinking. Exactly. So yes, you can't meditate. The worst, the worst description of meditation I've ever seen was when people say you just sit and think of nothing, and, no, and no, that no. keeps yeah. so many people yeah. away from meditation because, like, well, I'm not going right. to think of nothing. It, that's ridiculous. Can't. Right. It's impossible. Exactly. You can't do that. Exactly. Well, and it's also it's also like you know they say don't think about the pink elephant or with the elephant whatever oh, that is. Right. You know, don't, don't think, think of pink right. elephant. Exactly. It's, yeah. So exactly. you're gonna yeah. yeah. Yes, I think so that that but that and the returning the the remembering, oh, I'm meditating. Oh, that's right. I have chosen to meditate and bringing the mind back very gently. That returning um, is actually more important in some ways than even the focus. So it's that it's sort of like a combination of skills, but it's brain training is what you're doing. You're just training your brain to focus on one thing and do it with ease do it with a kind of an openness and a curiosity and if it's uncomfortable you notice oh this is uncomfortable because i mean i know you guys go much longer distances than than i do but when you run 31 miles you're going to be uncomfortable oh for sure yeah yeah and so why not practice being uncomfortable and doing it with more ease and then you also practice with joy mm-hmm. as well, because what what um, we don't talk about a lot is that we crave joy mm-hmm. and we grab after joy. We grasp it. They talk about craving and aversion, yeah. but grasping at the joy. And it actually diminishes it. If we have a pleasant sensation, if we have joy, if we have a, a smile even, if we think too much about it and don't just experience it and let it you know, do its thing, it either disappears or it becomes uncomfortable. Um, Whereas if we can just experience it, we actually have more pleasant uh, sensations from it. And so it's, it's about letting things be the way they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I figured that out pretty quickly when I was running that, Oh yeah, I can do this while I'm running. And it's a great cure for boredom. (laughs) Right. Because you've passed that one, you pass that one house on the corner 900 times because you run the same routes all the time and it can get, get kind of crazy. One thing for, for, and and I don't know, Nita, if you've, if you've delved into mindfulness, um, meditation, being body aware and that sort of thing, the biggest tie in for me and I think Jeff, you do this without even knowing this. I think you, I, you, you, you achieve states of Zen, and I believe you meditate when you run. You just go call. I was it just that. gonna say, I, I think I'm already sitting. Yeah, you are, and you, I don't realize. Yeah. Yes, it. and there's no woman. You got to get the woman right. part of well, the sit. Part. <laughs> yeah, and asked woman if she wants to sit yet. I That's, mean, it's it's funny you mention when I, when I run, I focus on my breathing. Mm-hmm. I try to keep it in a steady pattern. If it changes. I'm I'm no I'm no either overexerting myself or not putting forth enough effort, and I focus on an object until I get to that object. Then I pick another object, trying to keep the breathing. That's it. So I do this mm-hmm. when I go to bed at night. I close my eyes, and what do I focus on? My breathing, because it puts me to sleep like 
that, just that quick. Yeah, yeah see, so, you're already meditating. So can I plug my next book? Please do. Right. Please do. Because we all now know that. See, that and you thought. Jeff is the Buddha. Thought. Everybody, Jeff it is the Buddha. A, it has a chapter in it titled, You Might Already Be Doing It. Yeah, which is perfect. What is What is the title to your next book, by the way? Make Every Move a Meditation mindful movement for mental health well-being and insight so i take um it's the practice is vipassana that's like the you know slangy word but it's insight or mindfulness meditation and i go through a step-by-step process of how to do it i explain how i do it i use some other examples i talk about where it came from uh, you know that i didn't invent it um and all the things you might want to do to support it Mm -hmm. and also the fact that you it's a natural mind state meditation is a natural state the mind can achieve and it does people are in that state from time to time so my goal with the book is for people to be able to learn how to do it on purpose yeah instead of it being an accident not not to change the subject but i think this kind of leads into it have you ever had an out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. absolutely as have i Really? Yes. When did you have your out-of-body through, experience? Through meditation. But wait, wait, wait. You told me you didn't meditate before we talked. I, well, you are I just remembered it. When were you meditating? This was like... Was this in the 60s? Were you doing some serious drugs? Right. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was after I got out of the Army the first time, but before I got married. I don't Is know. this when you had that shirt that said, gas, ass, or grass, nobody rides yes, for free? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or right. you, you. Oh, I can't focus remember. on a mantra. Right. Yeah. You repeat the mantra. Yeah, you and, repeat the mantra. And you. And you can't tell us, or you have you, to kill us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever His mantra is. was gas, ass, or grass. Nobody <laughs> rides for free. He just said that over and over again for you twenty minutes. You move out of your body, away from your body, and you can look back at your sleeping self in this case were you, was, were, you were you doobin did you was there any no, marijuana in this? no really no it was just all wow. natural it's all natural that's fantastic jeff you had, jeff is the but buddha it, but i will say it took it took about six months of i don't know mental training to be able to do that which is interesting that you bring that up now because of of how you're running is such right. a meditation and 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 all three of us can talk about this for a minute. I think mindfulness, and take all the religion out of it. Let's just let's just say that this discussion is not preaching any religion no, over no, any no, other. No, no, no. I I may be a Buddhist, but th- th- this is a Christian thing. This is a Muslim thing. This is a you can be an atheist and do this. You can you can there do. There's some practices of mindfulness in nearly any. Um, religion right. and of course Buddhism there's no deity so there's it isn't even a religion right but yeah. exactly but but I, I'm pretty sure that St. Peter's gonna not gonna be like oh when you die go you know pretty solid I uh, gave good money to the church good person <laughs> all with the Jesus thing wait, 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 oh wait, man what's this out of body mindfulness meditation <laughs> to hell for you no, I don't think it's gonna happen but I, I think what mindfulness does and can make us better runners is 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 the goal of mindfulness is to create separation between our thoughts and our reactions to said thoughts. Um, so a, a great That's way. That's a byproduct. Yes, right. right exactly. It creates that, that those moments of separation. So when we have those strong emotions. It creates that that moment between how we react to those emotions. It's not a, it's it's not a an instant thing, right? So when you're running and you're feeling like crap. 
mindfulness training is great because it takes you out of the I feel like crap and your mind starts processing why do I feel like crap have I have I drank water in a, in a long maybe I'm dehydrated maybe I'm hungry maybe I just need to take a walking break I'm overexerting myself that mindfulness training doesn't allow it takes you out of the dwelling on the suffering to addressing what could be said cause of suffering also if, if, if there is no cause maybe it's just because you've been running a whole long time is just this is not my this is not going to be my forever reality this is this will pass as well this, this is too shall pass exactly i don't know if you well, found that and the teacher that i have uh, worked with a lot he reframes that and he says this too is passing mm-hmm yeah. So it's already passing. As soon as you've thought it, it's already gone. You know, it's it's funny because I was I was talking to my son because my son ran his first ultra uh, this past weekend. Um, and oh and I, wow! And I was saying to him, I was like, listen, when it comes to an ultra, when it comes to getting these longer distances, every good feeling, embrace it because it's going to go away, and every garbage feeling understand that that is going to go away as well everything is waves and nothing lasts long and if right, <laughs> don't right. hang on to a feeling too long because it's going to change with it. quick and I, roll with it i think too it's a it's interesting because i i would probably um, um let me back up a little bit when you were talking about the the practice that i do helps you be present with whatever is mm-hmm. and so um so what you're saying about being awake to uh, a pain or am i dehydrated all the kind of stuff it actually starts with being aware of your thoughts and body sensations mm-hmm. your experience yes. yeah yeah and a lot of people live in their thoughts mm-hmm. they're not even runners yeah they're not i mean i can't tell you the number of people that i think if they just could actually feel their bodies on a regular basis, they wouldn't get injured as often because they would realize that their foot hurt on Thursday as mm-hmm. opposed to not till a week from Thursday. Right, right. And so, so the practice brings you back in your back in your uh, body because the object of meditation that I talked about, the example I gave you, is the visual field. But it's any of the senses or your thoughts. The thoughts are a little harder because they're kind of sticky. Yeah. But any any body sensation, so, and sometimes, you know, you'll choose one, but especially when you're running a long distance, you're not necessarily going to be able to stay with one thing because the pain in your toe is going to start shouting at you. Right. And it becomes louder, so you just make it your object of meditation. And then you figure out, uh, chances are you're not permanently damaging yourself. If you've had enough experience running, you know right. that even though your mind is going to scream at you that, oh, yes, you are, and you have to stop now. Yeah. Um, and so you can have that awareness of, all right, I'll take another 30 steps, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go another whatever that is and see how it goes. And you can just be present with it. And that's kind of the equanimity piece is noticing your mind saying, oh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, um, and going, well, is it? And, you know, kind of this curiosity. And if it is bad, then you can do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you, you haven't expended all the extra energy um, uh, to keep you from doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's not, which often it's not, then you can just keep going. 
because you, again, haven't expended the extra energy freaking out. So I don't know if that made a lot of no, sense, but perfect but, sense. But when you it, it the the goal is to be, um, I like to say it's to keep your head where your feet are. So it's to keep your thoughts where your body is, and so it's about the present moment. You keep bringing yourself back to the present moment, however that is, whether it's through the visual field, it could be your uh, hearing, it could be like today we had lilacs. It seems too late for lilacs, but oh my gosh, we smelled lilacs today. So you know that was kind of my thing. Um, it could be, um, you said sound, um, the smell, touch. Touch is the other one. So any of the um, pleasant or unpleasant pleasant is going to be a sense of touch, whether it's, a, you know, the, oh, my God, this is beautiful, and you feel that in your heart and you right. feel it through your body, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yes, you have that awareness because you're paying attention to your body, and then you can figure out from that, Am I dehydrated? Do I need to eat more? Is it time to slow down? But all of that is that comes after that practice. Right. But for some people, I think it goes the other way around. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter which way it goes. Um, but those are the steps that I tend to do. All right. So, Nita, we need to give Jeff Stafford a focus of meditation when he starts the Vol State 500K. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. What, yes. should, what should that what should that be? Should it be? Count the number of cigarette butts on the just, side of the road. Just get me. <laughs> just get me through well, this hot mess. Let me, let me ask him some questions. So, Jeff, when you're running, what is something that, especially, let's do a body sensation because that's those are usually the easiest to work with. Yeah. So it could be a visual. So it could be the cigarette butts on the road, because um, it could be something that irritates you, or it could be. Um, maybe something in your own body that from time to time will present itself. So maybe there's a little ache in the shoulder or a, a, some people have a low back thing. Um, it might be something that you're constantly work with. Most of us have a, you know, bodies are not perfect. And so most of us have a thing that we're sort of always working with. Oh, I know his thing. Jeff Nita was one of, one of the best helicopter pilots in the United States Army. He flew oh, wow. helicopters for the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment. Look it up, people. They're the badasses of the badasses. Um, but you had to wear these heavy helmets with night vision goggles for a lot of missions because you were running at night yeah. in in places that you wouldn't believe and doing things that people don't think are possible with helicopters. You did 20 years of having that that heavy thing. Your neck is a little messed up when you run, isn't it? Just, From just that a touch. Do, do, touch. Do you get sent? Is that where it's at? Do you get that? <laughs> does it hurt ever? Uh, no, there? no. The, there's no real pain associated with it, but it's just it's just like permanently bent, crooked, whatever you want to call it. It's just the way. It right. Is. So when you run, are what? you aware of that? No, my neck doesn't bother me much actually during my run. What bothers okay. me? Like we're talking Vol State and yeah, yeah, specific here. What gets? Right. What usually gets you? is physical pain um extreme heat which leads right. to dehydration because you cannot intake and process enough fluids as quick as you're losing it and blisters and stomach issues jesus okay. those yeah. things we don't have nine Every hours problem. everybody deals with that on that course everybody and how you deal with it makes a big difference Right. And so you're going to have your strategies, your external strategies, your plan in place oh, yeah. as to how you've already got that. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're a, you're good at this. And so you've got that. So the place that meditation could come in 
is just sort of scanning your body every once in a while, maybe, I don't know, every mile or every half a mile, just sort of taking a physical inventory of your body. And you may already do this anyway. You do. Um, but going, okay, so how's my head feel? How's my neck feel? How's my tummy feel? How my toes feel? How my fingers feel? Just just and they, we call that a body scan mm-hmm. and non but doing it non-judgmentally so that you're kind of a little bit almost like a scientist examining yourself from that distance like when you had that out of body you're looking at right. yourself as if you were not you as if you were him or you were another runner because we get biased about ourselves and so the meditation can give us, I mean, you talked about it, that little bit of pause, that mm-hmm. little bit of separation, where we need to be in our bodies to have the awareness, but then the equanimity will give us the balance of mind to be able to say, maybe I should take that electrolyte a little bit earlier, or whatever you use. I, I tend to, I use element. I don't know what, you know, whatever you use, or maybe it's I should. It's funny you say oh element. It's oh funny no, you oh should no. say this because... Right, not a, yeah. Oh, my. no, 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 because at the race my son was at, we were waiting for him at, at the aid station and we were going through a swag bag and they had element in there. We'd never heard of it. And we'd never heard of it. And oh, my, I, sw- I tell you, it's a game changer. I'm yeah, telling you. By the way, folks, this is high, not. High sodium. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is not a sponsorship. They're going to no, send no, us a cease yeah. and desist. Mm-hmm. Because, not an affiliate. Not an affiliate. Because we created a mixed drink with it. So <laughs> what we, we've created we've created a drink, Nita, called the Hard Salty Jogger. And what the Hard Salty <laughs> Jogger is. <laughs> did they ask you to sit <laughs> yes sit down everyone here it comes um so what we do is we take we take a packet of the chili mango element have you had the spicy ones i i'm not a big spicy person but yes i did they gave me a sample yeah. wherever i was at they gave me like four or five different ones and i had and it's good yeah so i had i, I take a 16 ounce shaker bottle you mix that up. I, I mix up 16 ounces of the chili mango, okay? And then I take two glasses, fill it with ice, and then I split the 16 ounces of the chili mango element between the two glasses. Then, here's the here's the thing. There's this, there's this drink, it's called ranch water, and it's not ranch dressing. It's a West Texas drink where it's... it's That's te- where it originated, yeah. Right. It's tequila... Uh, seltzer water, lime, and a little agave. So you so you got that chili mango element in the bottom part of your glass with the ice, and it's nice and cold. Then you pour the ranch water Split over that. it. So you mix up. Now you've got this hard, you know, seltzer over it. And then you can even, if you want, that's just the hard. If you want to get fancy, right? Then you put you can put salt around the the rim. It's a little bit of salt around the rim, and it turns it into the the hard salty jogger. Which is it's hard salty jar. Right? It is That's fantastic. It is a summer drink. So is that going to be? Is that? Are you going to have that in your uh, pack for the? We, we need to. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! You put that in my in my vault pack. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait till we have to edit out element and people will be like, so we take oh, this. I'm beep, sorry. 
And yeah. then we do this because they're gonna be like, please do not encourage people to mix our sports drink with alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, I remember. <laughs> I when, know that was coming because we were going through. We were going through my son's bag, and and the first one we saw was was lime habanero. And I'm like, who the who the fuck want to drink this? That's crazy, this is the stupidest it's thing. Good. Oh it, my god, yeah, we were like, it's so refreshing. Yes. And the salt. I mean, the salt yes. is so good. It just, well, it has magnesium, it has you mm. know, but um, I mean, it, it just uh, I it would not be good if you're not a salty sweater. It's no. be way too much salt. Right. But I'm a very salty sweater, and I live in a, uh, you know, we do the summer miles for the fall races and. Horrible humidity here. Oh, it's, it's horrible humidity here horrible, in Tennessee too. Yeah. And so oh, I, I really think that yeah. the element, the the hard salty jogger we had last night or the tonight, yeah, is really gonna you know help me recover from my sweaty run it this will. morning. You know, and, I, and, mine, the, and mine this afternoon. I don't know if the booze weighs out to so I have no idea. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but please try it, everybody, responsibly. 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 Um, so yeah. this has been a fun, far-reaching conversation, Nita, and I think we could go uh, quite a bit farther, but I, I'll end it here so we have an excuse to talk to you again when the, when the next book is out. And, yes. and, and, and running, this has been an absolute chat. It, are, are both books available, and where can people get them? So the first book is out, has been out for a little while. Um, and the second book is it's actually the third, but that's, yeah. we'll call it the second yeah. one because it's a long story, but it, it will be out soon and it's up for pre-order. Okay. So they are available wherever fine books are sold. Ooh, fine so, books. <laughs> That's what my editor told me to say when I very first started. Just like, just tell them they're available wherever fine books are sold. So um, whatever your favorite place to buy books right now, they're the um, first book. Depression hates the moving target is available paperback, ebook, and an audio book. Mm-hmm. Um, the the second book, make every move a meditation. Again, available in uh, it's paperback and ebook now. Um, they will the audiobook usually comes later. Yeah. So be, most likely there'll be an audiobook of that. You should later. have Jeff do yeah. the audiobook yeah. with the dramatic his, with reading his, with of his it. sweet yeah. voice. Right. Yeah. You could have Jeff do it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It'd be yeah. fun because you yeah. just keep drinking hard, salty joggers in between there. <laughs> and you'd be like, Hi, this is Can you redo that part? Jeff, can you redo that part? <laughs> right. could, you, could, could you say that again? Yeah. Did you learn something today, Jeff? Yeah. I think you remembered something. I remembered something. It, it was a memory jogger and. Oh, that's a nice God. That's a nice tie-in. Yeah. But out bump. Nita Sweeney, check out her books wherever fine books are sold. Not work. You can around. also go to my website, NitaSweeney.com. So. NitaSweeney.com. AdventureJogger.com for back episodes. We even have swag. We don't have purple or sorry, pink sweatpants yet. We're going to get those bad boys before too long. Oh, trust me on that. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 